This is the Father Daughter Book Club, a book club that we started because we wanted to share the joy of reading and then start a podcast to share that joy with you. I am the father, Chris. And I'm the daughter, Kalia. And today we're going to be talking about The Young Elites by Marie Lu. Now, personally, I did not really enjoy this book. I actually didn't like it enough to where I didn't even finish the book. Right, so before we get into the book and why or why we didn't, why not, uh, we didn't finish it, let's just remind the people that we will be getting into in-depth discussion on this book, even though Clea didn't finish it. We will still be discussing the whole entire book up to where I have read and then say how I feel like the should have ended and then my father here will actually will tell us how it actually ends. So before we get into all of that, we have to let you know to beware of spoilers. So press we pause. always say this. Yeah, that's right. So press pause right now. If you haven't finished this book, go and finish the book. Then come back, press play. We won't go anywhere. And then you'll be able to continue the discussion after you're caught up. And all right. We are also very sorry that we haven't been active on this we haven't been really recording and that is because i have not enjoyed this book well it's it's for a number of factors i mean kalia had a very important competition yes so that obviously took some time away from reading we were gone uh in reno for several days on a road trip and so kalia had to work on gymnastics practicing for gymnastics so she was focusing on other things and then the more we were able to get into the book you know Kalia just wasn't all that into it she she thought she was going to be I started it and I like read 80 pages the first day I got it and then the deeper I got into it I'm like I don't like this sorry and I think I have a good idea why and as we read the synopsis, I think that'll kind of reveal why wow. you had such a hard time reading the book. So let's get Plus, into... Plus, my dad actually read the whole entire series. Yeah, I've been waiting for you to finish this first book, and I just went ahead and finished the whole series. Yeah. But um, let's let's give them a little background on the book. As we mentioned, it's written by Marie Lu, who's also the author of the Legend, Legend series. series. That's actually, probably her more famous uh, series than this one. Yeah. Actually, my... She actually went to my school for um, promotion for a book club and for like a book convention. Maybe a book fair. Yeah. In Santa Monica. And so I actually got a chance to meet her and it was really cool. That's cool. Yeah. So have you, did you get a chance to read Legend or is this the first book that you've read by her? This is the first book that I've read by her and I'm not trying to say anything against her. It's just not the type of book that I like to read. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, we'll get into it, um, but I think the reasons why are, are going to become apparent. You tend to like books that are more Happier. cheerful. Yeah, and this one, <laughs> not, so, not much. so much, but I think it, it makes sense. It's, you know, there's a lot of books that have come out recently with a feminine heroine, I say feminine, but with a heroine as the protagonist, as the main character, um, where these women, these these younger girls, really are saving the world, like books like The Hunger Games or Divergent, and I think if you were to just briefly read the synopsis, you might expect that this is a similar type of book, but it's not. No. So, as we mentioned, it's by Marie Lu. It was published on October seventh, two thousand fourteen. The final book in the series was published last year in 2016, so it was published basically one book a year. And here's the synopsis. Adelina Amuteru is a survivor of the blood fever. A decade ago, the deadly illness swept through her nation. Most of the infected perished. While many of the children who survived were left with strange markings, Adelina's black hair turned silver. Her lashes went pale, and now she has only a jagged scar where her, eye, where her left eye once was. Her cruel father believes she is a Malfetto, 
an abomination, ruining their family's good name and standing in the way of their fortune. But some of the fever survivors are rumored to possess more than just scars. They are believed to have mysterious and powerful gifts. And though their identities remain secret, they have come to be called the Young Elites. The synopsis continues. Taryn Santoro works for the king. As leader of the Inquisition Axis, it is his job to seek out the Young Elites to destroy them before they destroy the nation. He believes the Young Elites to be dangerous and vengeful, but it's Taryn who may possess the darkest secret of all. Enzo Valenciano is a member of the Dagger Society. This secret sect of young elites seeks out others like them before the Inquisition access can, but when the Daggers find Adelina, they discover someone with powers like they've never seen. Adelina wants to believe Enzo is on her side, and that Terran is the true enemy. But the lives of these three will collide in unexpected ways as each fights a very different and personal battle, but of one thing they are all certain. Adelina has abilities that shouldn't belong in this world, a vengeful blackness in her heart, and a desire to destroy all who dare to cross her. Now, obviously, this is very interesting. <laughs> um, so it kind of talks about how, like, Adelina comes to find out that she has supernatural mysterious powers and how the young elites come and seek her out and then believe that she has very powerful powers that yeah. can do immensely dangerous things so i want to kind of set the world up a bit here before we get deeper into the discussion because i think it's important that you, you understand where it is that this uh, this story takes place so this so actually this book comes with a map of their world so the skylands are in the northern hemisphere. okay so slow down sl slow down a little bit there okay so obviously this, this since you have a map of the world it doesn't take place in our world so it's not on earth it's not in the united states um it's it doesn't take place in present time so you're left in a world that's kind of divided into three main areas. Those are the Skylands, the Sealands, and the Sunlands. And so there's Beldane, Kenetra, Tamora, and the Sunlands. All right. So those are the some of the nations that are in this world. And as I mentioned, it doesn't take place during present time, and it actually takes place or maybe you can say whatever world that this is, is not technologically advanced. They don't have methods of fast transportation, so they have to walk or use horses. I don't even think they have carriages. Uh, maybe some carriages, but that's about like it. Like royal. Right, they don't have airplanes, so if they need to travel to other nations, if they can't travel by land and they have to travel by boat, the society especially the society that we're introduced to in Kenetra is very much one that's similar to maybe like ancient China yeah right where or maybe even ancient Europe but probably more like ancient China um where everyone has a trade you're kind of born into a trade you're either born into trade or born into royalty whatever it happens to be um, if you now Adelina is is the mer is a merchant's daughter. Adelina is a merchant's daughter, and if you're a woman in this particular world, you're essentially raised until you're about a teenager. I think they say like 16, 16 or seventeen, and at that time you're seventeen. You're given your life to a different family. Yeah, at that time you're essentially um, married off. So they have these arranged marriages in this. So that kind of sets up the world um, and hopefully gives an understanding of how the society is, what the culture is like, how it's very, like I said, it's very different from our, ours, our own culture. So I think that's important to understand. They don't spell it out in the book. You can just kind of go along for the ride and have to 
interpret and figure things out yeah piece it together exactly so um before we get into we have some some discussion questions that we want to get to but before we do we want to talk about some of the important characters of the book we've already mentioned three of them so let's let's talk about them a little bit more so adelima amuteru is actually essential we find that out yeah we find that out at the very beginning she ends up killing her father with her powers that she finds out that she has and then she gets to realize that she can actually control these powers from training of the young elite and she which is basically illusions and her power is based off fear and darkness in her art and it's very cool yeah, she has the ability to cast illusions so that people think see or feel or hear whatever it is that she wants to make them yeah. sense right but using that she has to use and fear, str- fear strengthens her power. Yes. So another thing that I think is important to understand about Adelina is uh, maybe why she has this darkness in her heart. And that is because of her. And you mentioned that she is a murderer and the person she's uh, accused of murdering is her father. As we mentioned in this book, the women are married off at a certain age. 17. But as we've also mentioned, Malfettos are, are, you know, the children who've been marked by the blood fever. They are placed as second class citizens. There's a stigma attached to them. And not only does it affect those who are marked, but it also affects their families. As we mentioned, this is like a, a, you're you're born into a trade. And whatever family yours is. the The Malfettos gain such a notoriety that families who have a malfetto child in them wind up suffering more than just i would say disgrace or embarrassment because that's essentially what it is um but they're uh as her her father puts it they, they for the women for the girls it means that they probably won't get married off because who wants to take a marked Person. Mark person. It means that people won't do business with them because they no. think the whole family, the whole household is bewitched. So um, Adelina's father gets put into a situation where someone offers to take Adelina, not as a wife, but as a mistress. And what exactly is a mistress? Well, a mistress is someone that uh, a, a woman that you ha- you see in addition to your wife. Huh? Well, not in this, apparently not in this society. It's not that weird. <laughs> and you're, you're, yeah, I mean, it's not that, that weird in general, but. All right. Okay. So that kind of oh. sets up Adelina's backstory. Mm, when this not- arrangement gets made, Adelina decides to run away from home. Wait, but uh, you forgot something. What did I forget? You forgot that the person who her father was doing business with, he wanted her now. At age 16. Even though at age seventeen, that's the legal age you're allowed to give yourself. That's the that's the normal age that they do their arranged marriages, right? And it was actually illegal for anyone below that age to be married off. Well, that's why they weren't. She wasn't getting married off. She was going. She was going to be someone's mistress. Yeah, but it was illegal for her to give someone her life, basically. Okay. And, um, she didn't, she doesn't want to. Of course she doesn't want to go be someone's mistress. But also, the reason why her father was very conflicted was because he had a bunch of money. The person who he was working with had a bunch of money. And he said, I'll make you a deal. You can have all of these for your, in exchange for your daughter, except I want her now. I can't wait a year. So all of that's very important to understanding why Adelina feels the way she feels, why she's on trial for murder, because she decides to run away from home, but her father catches her. And so let's let's kind of rewind. As as we've mentioned before, some Malfettos, it's rumored, have powers. Not all of them do, but some of them do. And one of the things that 
Adelina's father had been trying to discover this entire time is whether or not his powers are. Adelina did did have powers and up to this point she hasn't exhibited any powers whatsoever but in this moment when she gets tracked down by her father um her powers finally reveal themselves and so she's able to conjure up these illusions at that moment and as a result her father dies mm-hmm. not directly from the illusions but like a horse winds up trampling on him and he doesn't see he is very confused and then a horse yeah so that's that's our introduction to adelina um she's in a in a prison and she's facing trial or maybe not even trial but really um execution yeah for murder and for being a malfetto uh another main character uh let's stick with this family okay because it Another main character in the book is Adelina's sister, Violetta. Violetta And she's kind of the opposite, in a way, because it doesn't seem like she has any markings. No, I mean, at this point, she doesn't have any markings. She's also um, a survivor of the blood fever, but she's somehow escaped without any markings on her body. Maybe because um, she was the... Maybe because she was too young? Maybe. I don't know. She's she's, uh, Violetta's younger sister. So uh, Violetta's, I think they say 14. Mm -hmm. And Adelina's 16. So, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, the other character that was introduced in the synopsis is is Enzo Valenciano. I thought it was Valenciano. Okay. (laughs) I, I don't know. Like, it's tough to say, like, what the pronunciation of these would be because... I mean, is it supposed to be Italian? It kind of sounds Italian, but... But Amaterio is also, like, very exotic. And yeah, so it's... it's essentially tomorrow. And we don't have, we have no idea what the, the the pronunciation would be in their country. No. Right? So we... Like I we said, it, sound, it sounds Italian, so that's why I say Valentiano. Yeah. You know? But uh, who... And who is Enzo? He is actually a prince. Oh. What else about Enzo do we know? Is the leader of the Dagger Society. And who are they? They are the group of... They are basically the young elites. And these are the people who are rumored to have special powers that they gained from the dead... From the blood fever. So what powers does Enzo have? He has fire powers and he's actually known as the leader. Ooh, that's a cool name. The Reaper. <laughs> yeah, that's... And he's been causing... Uh, he He's actually one of the... As we learned throughout the book, he's one of the reasons why the Kenetran government, or royalty, whatever you want to say... Are so against Malfettos. Because he is one himself, and he is a royal. That's right. So he, like, as you mentioned, he's a prince, and... As a result of being the prince, but then he gets marked, and so he kind of gets cast out. He's no longer accepted within his family. He's supposed to be the heir to the throne, but because he's marked, uh, he doesn't get to dis- ascend to the throne. It winds up becoming uh, being his sister who ascends to the throne. And she ends up getting married to the king, to a duke. To a duke who becomes the new king. and um, He's actually a very bad ruler. Yeah, the, the that government are are the ones responsible for treating Malfetto so poorly. And Enzo and the Dagger Society are trying to regain the throne so that they can... Change things around and make Malfettos accepted. Yeah, bring some justice to the Malfettos. Okay, another... Uh, and take it because it's rightfully his. That's right, he is the rightful heir. That's true. So, another character... That's that we mentioned in the synopsis is Taryn Santoro, which is an inquisitor, which is basically against the Malfettos. But you know, we said that he holds the deepest, dark, the deepest secret of them all, and that is he is actually a Malfetto. Right. So, so he's you crazy. Mentioned, you mentioned the Inquisition, and I want to explain what the Inquisition is a little bit. Is the Inquisition are essentially the police force of the government. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So they they go out and they're responsible for um, meting out justice, finding uh, anybody who opposes the government. Malfettos. Uh, and finding Malfettos and... Killing them. Unfortunately, killing them. So Taryn's an interesting character because, as you mentioned, he's a Malfetto himself. And he has this crazy messed up mind that makes him believe that in order to save the Malfettos, he has to kill them all. And here's my um, hypothesis. I think that he feels like he has to kill all the Malfettos to save them from the new rule, which is the queen. And the queen is actually against the Malfettos. I think she's trying... He's actually trying to help them so that way when the king, the queen, when the king dies and the queen actually ends up being. (laughs) Okay, I want to circle. Let's circle back around to that. Okay, let's finish talking about the characters and then we'll get into some of the questions. And I believe that's one of the questions that you had, which is, um, you know, why is Taryn turning his back on people like him? So uh, the, the final important character we wanted to talk about is Raphael and he's got a very long last name that I can't pronounce I don't even know what his last name did it say? yeah it did but he's got like four names and it's it's yeah. it's long we won't try to pronounce it so it's his but his name is Raphael and he and, is the messenger and he's basically the person who finds the young elites and well, he's he feels out the elites. He's another young elite. He's a member of the Dagger Society. His nickname is the Messenger. And his role in the Dagger Society, as you mentioned, is to go out and recruit and and find other young elites. Others who might be able to help them with their cause, the Dagger's cause, which is of course to gain the throne. So that's his role. And, and he's so he's actually a con yeah, he's a consort, which is, uh, in this world, a consort is... Uh, a person how, how who you... works at a brothel. Essentially. It's a little more glamorous than that, but that's what it boils down to. Okay, so those are those are the characters. We've talked about Adelina, Violetta, Enzo, Taryn, and Raphael. They kind of uh, are central to all of this, the, the things that, that happen is. in the story. Um. It's this this book is is one of a few things. It's it's the kind of maturation and coming of age for Adelina. And it's a war between the Dagger Society and the Inquisition Access Axis that we're kind of in the middle of. There's also one thing that I wanted to say. So well, I'll mention it later. Okay, so let's get into some of these questions then before we get into our final thoughts on the book. Um, the first question that we have, which we grabbed from gradesaver.com, asks, Adelina, like so many of the young elites, received marks on her body after surviving the blood fever. Are these markings, which label the Malfettos as different, a fair trade for the power some of the Malfettos gain? So I personally feel like only the ones who have powers should have marking. Okay. Because that way, like, why make everyone else suffer from markings if they aren't, if they don't even have anything special about them? They just, well, they do because they survived the blood fever and it was deadly. Um, but. I feel like they don't really need them, like, because this way it's confusing to figure out who is youngly and who is not. Yeah, uh, it certainly is confusing, and that's why Raphael's power is such a... Powerful one. Yeah, because he's able to feel and to sense which Malfettos are the young elites and which ones aren't. Uh, I, I kind of agree with you a little bit but I actually I, I think I disagree I would say the question is is the is this a fair trade and I would say no it's not uh, for a few select group of people well you said that you think only the 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 ones with powers should be marked and I are yeah and I don't think 
I don't think any of them should have powers. So I kind of feel differently about it. Um, I don't think any of them should be marked. I think it's unfortunate that the marked are treated differently and they're treated poorly. As Um, second-class citizens. So it's kind of like this uh, interesting balance, right? Because the way this... In, we, we learn that, I don't remember if it's in this book. As you mentioned, I've read all the books in the series, so I don't know if it's in this book or in the second, the second one. one. But this book takes place entirely in Kenetra, which is just one of the many nations in this world. But we learn that there is another nation called Beldane where the Malfettos are not treated that way. The Malfettos are actually treated as kind of like gifts from the gods mm-hmm. so they're respected what much much more and and so we know it that mainly hit the sealands the most it mainly hit Kenesha the most yeah so we know that the the people of this world that not all of them are so prejudiced against malfetto so because of that though the prejudice that the Kenetrans have towards malfetto's the fact that some of them get powers balances out because then it gives some of them the power to fight back. So in that way, it's a good thing that they, some of them have powers. But I would rather it be, rather than having the situation in Kinesha where they're, um, they ha- they're, there's a need for some of them to have powers, I'd rather have this situation be like it was in Beldane where they're just treated equally. Mm-hmm. Therefore, none of them really, I mean, some of them do have powers, but none of them need powers. To fight against their oppressors. That's kind of how I feel about it. Uh, it's a good question though. I, I like this question from Great Saver. And I think we have another one here from Great Saver. Basically most of them are actually from Great Saver. Okay. Like two, mo- like two more. This one. So this next question says. In the characters of Adelina and Violetta. Luce sets up a ruined versus beautiful. Freak versus normal dichotomy. Are the lines of this dichotomy blurred when it is revealed that Violetta is also a young elite? That she also gained powers after surviving the blood fever? Um, that's very, like, it is a very good question. I like it. Because it forces you to think. Because for Adelina, it's kind of not fair that she ends up getting, losing an eye and hair turning different colors. And... Violetta, nothing happened, but she still has powers. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like, they they talk about this ruined versus beautiful. And one of the things they mentioned about the two sisters is that, just like their mother, who was unfortunately... Killed. Or died. Not killed, yeah. She died because of the blood fever. But just like their mother, they're both very beautiful girls. The only difference, but the, the main I would say difference. difference, yeah, the the thing that the, main... the thing that turns people off to Adelina is the fact that she has this nasty scar where her eye used to be. And do you remember why her eye is missing? No, I don't either. <laughs> I don't think it's that. It, no, it had something to do with, um, like her eye got infected as a result of the fever. Oh, I think. Oh, and then and they then, had to. So they had take to. It out. They had to take it out in order to to keep the infection from spreading. Something like that. So, Adelina herself is a beautiful girl, but she's just got this in one imperfection that, as this question states, makes her ruined. I'll say ruined in quotation marks. Um, and her hair and eyes are like silver grayish, but it's actually really pretty, in my opinion. Silver slash grayish, really beautiful long hair seems really yeah. pretty. So I think this dichotomy that they're they're asking about, I think the dichotomy that that's set up between the two sisters is definitely blurred, and I think it's the it's it's the least important dichotomy in the book, right? Maybe not the least important, but I think that's the reason why Lou decides to kind of tear down that dichotomy and, and make the sisters a little bit more alike by by making them both Malfettos. 
So we did we didn't ever mention the types of powers that that Violetta has. So let's let's kind of recap. So Adelina has the power of illusion. Enzo has the ability to control fire. Raphael, Raphael. has the power to feel and seek out other young elites. But in addition to that, uh, he has the ability to like comfort others too. Yeah. Right. So he his power is very emotional, very sense driven, and doesn't surprise me that he's a consort. And Taryn, as we mentioned, despite the fact that he's the leader of the Inquisition and he's hunting Malfettos, he's also a Malfetto himself in his power. He's got uh, two, actually, where he has this really, he's really strong and he has the ability to heal. Really fast, kind of like Wolverine. Yeah, he's essentially Wolverine, except he doesn't have the claws, <laughs> right? And then Violetta... As we learn near the end of the book, is also uh, and also Violetta is also an elite, and her power is that she can take away other elites' powers mm-hmm. and mute them for you know however long. Which that's an that's an interesting power to have. It makes her also pretty powerful. And she basically like freezes them, and then because we find out when when. When Adelina finds out that she actually has powers, that Violetta has powers, um, she was able, she, like, it was very hard, so she, like, kind of twisted it, like, twisted or did something to his energy, and then broke the ice, and then she was, and then Violetta looked up her, like, why did, and then... You're getting into specifics here. I don't think we need to go that deep yeah. into it, but you're describing like how their powers work and how how she found out that Violet only right, and it, it gets very without going into too. It can be confusing. So uh, that answers that question. Um, another question from Greatsaver.com. And kind of one we've talked about a little bit already, but it says the monarchy and the common people of Kenetra all participate in the persecution of Malfettos. Why are Malfettos a hated people in Kenetra society? I honestly don't know. Yeah, they, they talk about it a little bit, but I don't remember the specifics either. And I think it's, why do you think, just your personal opinion, why do you think they would be persecuted? Because they're different. Yeah. How do you... Do you, can you think of anything in our world that kind of mirrors what's happening to Malfettos here? Not really. Well, kind of. Because, not really. In a way, like people who are really smart, people call them nerds. Just because they're very intelligent. And they are kind of like put off as socially awkward. Yeah, I mean, that's one, but nerds, the thing about nerds is that you can't identify them with any physical trait. So I think one of the... I was thinking about one. That just really makes people want to help them. I think one. Uh, I think a, a decent example, not a great example, of something that mirrors this situation in our world would be um, people who have disabilities. And people with disabilities often get treated. They're not persecuted like they are in Kenetra. That I mean, what Kenetrans do to the Malfettos is horrific. But in a similar way, they're... Um, Down-classed. Yeah, they're treated differently. So I think that kind of mirrors it. I was also um, thinking of can- people who've survived cancer and how sometimes people who have cancer no hair. But... It actually just makes people want to help them even more, knowing that they are suffering. That's that's a pretty close example, too. So I think that, so why are Malfettos a hated people in Kenetran society? And as you mentioned, they're different. They're physically different. And so one of that's, anytime there's prejudice or anything like that, it's usually because people are different. In some sort of way. I also think it's because sometimes they are jealous. I think people are afraid of the Malfettos because they don't... You understand that the Malfettos were born out of this blood fever 
which wiped out people a bunch of adults it had a huge impact imagine like the plague or something like that like it, it had a huge impact on their 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 life their society their structure everything and one of the things we didn't say about the blood fever is that kids were able to survive it but any adult who got it they died like their mother like their mother like taryn's father like enzo's mother and father like it claimed a lot of adults and kid these kids were left and so they i think the kids were blamed oh that's probably a good hey look at what we found i think the kids were blamed for the fever and the fact that they were able to survive yeah that gave people a reason to hate them. That's so sad, though. Like, yeah. They didn't do anything. They got hit by the fever, too. It's not like they killed their parents. They were the ones. They got hit, but they were able to survive. You can't blame someone for killing their parents because they didn't. The blood fever killed them, and you shouldn't blame them because... It was the blood fever who killed them, and they just managed to survive. You're able to see that because you're a rational, logical person who was not impacted by the blood fever. So from our position, it's easy to say, like, how, how can you blame someone when it was? we know it's not their fault? But, you know, if, if your, your wife was killed by something and your child was not, there's got to be... A, there's you know what I for would some do? people there's bound to be a little bit of resentment for that you know what i would feel what would you feel i would feel like i just need to hang on to them even more yeah you you have the right idea you cherish the people who survived as opposed to denigrating them i would agree with you there but that's not what happened in in this world and as a result of that you wind up with and this kind of leads into the next question you wind up with a society that hates Malfettos, who, whose lead police officer, Taryn, wants to kill them, wants to get rid of them. Even though he is one himself. Despite being a Malfetto himself. So why do you think, you, we got, you got into it a little bit before, but so why do you think Taryn wants to kill Malfettos? Because he, and we find out that he actually ends up working with the queen and the queen kind of like, if you help me get rid of all Malfettos, I will make you appeal to the gods and not condemn to the gods. And because of that, I feel like he needs to save them by killing them. So that way, when it's actually the queen's rule, they are not affected and that they are not hated by by them by the queen i th- that, i think that's all certainly one level of his reasons for wanting to kill the malfettos it's also and it crazy. has to, so the queen ends up being uh, enzo's sister who inherits the throne because enzo's cast out for being a malfetto and we learn that taren is in love with the and so he's he's doing a lot of it because he loves the queen and he wants her and the promises that she's made, right, as you mentioned. But then I think there's a little bit something deeper there where she he he feels that it's his duty, the god that the gods have given him this power, like we mentioned, he's got the power of healing strength. and strength. And so he feels that the gods have given him this ability in order to rid the world of the, and I'll say it in quotes, in of the scourge of Malfettos. In quotes. Right. So he feels that Malfettos need to be saved. And because of the power that he's been given, he is their savior. And the only way to save them is to kill them and send them to the... Very reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So reasonable. reasonable. Yeah. That's just his method to his craziness, <laughs> how he deals. I feel like it's also how he deals with being one himself. Yeah, kind of like a penance. He's doing his own sort of twisted penance for, <laughs> for being a Malfetto himself, yeah. Uh, so how how did you feel, though, when you found out that Taryn 
was an elite because it's not revealed until about midway through the story. Oh, I was very confused. I was like, but if he's an elite, why does he want to kill? What? I was very confused. And like, shouldn't he want to help them? Why does he want to kill them? <laughs> he should be trying to help, not kill. You? Yeah, I like I said, I thought this actually presented another dichotomy. Um, both Taryn and Enzo are born into these elevated positions. One of them, they, and they end up both being Malfettos. One of them wants to save the Malfettos. The other one wants to destroy the Malfettos. So I thought that was an interesting dichotomy. Uh, and yeah, I was definitely surprised because he's like a traitor uh, to his own people. And that, that, that was surprising. So, but they had to have a villain, I guess, an antagonist in this book and ends, and Taryn becomes kind of like the perfect antagonist. But it threw you a curveball. Certainly it did. And then we also find out that Violetta's an elite near the end of the book. And so how did you feel when you found that out? I actually was like, good. Because now, um, because now Adelina doesn't feel like she's so different from her sister. And now they're way more, and now they're more alike, and now potentially bring them even closer together than they were before. Yeah, I was... I was definitely surprised, though. Definitely. To me, this was like the, like, some books have a big twist. This was the big twist in the book. It wasn't so, so much of a twist that Taryn had powers. Why not? That I mean, it, it sets up this equal, equal battle, because otherwise, how would Taryn compete? How would he be able to fight against Enzo or any of the other daggers without powers? Sure. Like, they'd be able to overtake him easily. But now that we, once we find out that he has powers, suddenly he becomes a, a, a formidable foe for them. And so that, that was okay. I was like, I'm with that. I could see that. But then they, when Violetta suddenly shows up with powers, especially because she isn't marked. So you assume that everyone with powers is marked and she's not marked in any sort of way. So there's nothing to give away that that she, that she had powers. Nothing at all. They had kind of hinted at Taryn's ability a little bit earlier on, but with Violetta, there was no no hints, no clues. It just came out of nowhere. Also, um, with Raphael, never. This is for both. Raphael never. Raphael was never able to feel Taryn's power or Violetta's. Yeah, At some, least they didn't say it. Yeah, something about them kind of about the way their powers worked kind of negated Raphael's ability. And and it makes sense with, with Violetta's because we know she has the power to take away other abilities. So it makes sense that Raphael couldn't censor her because it any time She probably she might have taken it away from herself. Or she could have like blocked Raphael's power at the time that he's trying to censor. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense, and he he wasn't really looking for her, so that it all that all made sense to me. Um, but yeah, I I really was surprised, and then especially with the relationship between the two sisters, because they love each other so much. It kind of, I think this is another seed though into Adelina's darkness because. That entire time that they were growing up after they survived the blood fever, Ad they were both getting abused in their own way by their father. But Adelina was receiving so much more of the, the full abuse than Violetta was. Because she wasn't marked. Because she wasn't marked. And obviously, you have to survive in any way you can. And so Violetta hid the fact that she had powers because she was trying to survive and didn't want to incur the wrath of her father. But she kind of hung her sister out to dry in doing so. And so if I were Adelina, I'd be upset. <laughs> hey, like, you let me go through this alone? Like, how was this? Like, you could have helped me fight back. And they, 
but they never did. But what if she didn't know that she And then she just ended up finding out for herself later on that she did. I think Violetta mentioned that she she knew she had powers. So that that's how that's how I that's why I thought that that was such a big twist. But as we mentioned though, you you didn't get a chance to finish the book. You read um kind of up to the point where the daggers are plotting against the the throne and trying to take the throne from the queen but they have to kind of fight through the inquisition and and they're trying to figure out how to use adelina to do it taryn has captured violetta to kind of um bribe adelina into or coerce adelina into finding out information about the daggers that's what i was gonna throw that's what i was gonna say that he actually found Adelina, and Adelina is kind of a traitor because she ends up having to tell Taryn information about them, even though she doesn't give them a bunch of information. She's kind of, so she's, I think she's misunderstood, right? So the daggers think she's a traitor, but she didn't know, like she didn't know, that they, the daggers didn't trust her enough at that point to tell her the entire plan. So she didn't know the entire plan, but she, Taryn is threatening to kill her sister. So she tries to tell him something to buy her her more time. But she tries to, but she tries to tell as little as possible. Yeah. So she didn't know that what the information that she gave Taryn was actually pretty important, but she just said anything, anything to try and, like I said, buy herself and Violetta some more time. So how how would you like to see the book end? I mean, we've talked about all these characters. I mean, what direction would you like to see that these characters take from the point that you're at in the book? I would like to see Adelina and Violetta end up running away to a foreign country where they couldn't be tracked down by anyone. And with that, knowing that they both have powers, try to convince, try to find other people who actually do also have powers to try and make them equal again, kind of like how the daggers are doing, but in a different way. Or just take other Malfettos to try and convince people that they're not so bad. And I would like Enzo to, you know, maybe try and pursue her. After they leave, like, try to figure out why she did what she did, why she ended up doing what she did, tell her about the plan, and end up, like, saying, and and a chance for Adelina to explain herself, why she did what she did, and for Raphael... Because at the point where I am at, Raphael is not, um, Raphael is nowhere to be seen. No one has seen him in a while. So He's I want, been missing for a couple of days, right? Yeah. And so I want them, I want him to end up finding, to be found mm-hmm. and present and kind of help Enzo figure out where Adelina might be. And to Taryn to stop trying to kill the Malfettos and to maybe like change his ways and tell them and try and actually help them out to help the Daggers. That's like the perfect ending. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, this this book doesn't have the perfect ending that that you're looking for how does it actually end it doesn't uh, we've kind of mentioned that this is not a happy book it doesn't have a happy ending um one thing that does happen is that violetta and adelina do end up running away but for different reasons than the one that that you're, you're looking for so let me kind of break it down for you at the part where that you're at in the book where um adelina tries to basically she tries to rescue Violetta from Taryn. Mm-hmm. Um, in the process, though, she gets discovered by another young elite, another dagger, who also discovered that Adelina was working, or at least he he thinks that Adelina was working with Taryn. Mm-hmm. 
And so, like you said, she he accuses her, her of being a traitor. And Adelina, who's not, she she's able to control her powers to a degree, but is not incomplete. And she doesn't, like, fully understand the capacity that she has the, her, and her full abilities. She winds up lashing out at this dagger because she doesn't want him to tell the others about what's going on. She doesn't want them to think she's a traitor, especially Enzo, who she's grown to have feelings for. And she winds up killing that that other dagger. Because I was at that part where, like, she feels like like she actually has the illusion of sense and of touch. Yeah, so, like, feel. it's that whole, you don't, sometimes people don't know their own strength. And this was the case with Adelina, where she only wanted to stop this dagger from telling the others. She but she winds up, you know, being more powerful than she expected and is able to kill the the, the kid, unfortunately. Um, so that happens. And then, as you mentioned, Raphael has been missing for a few Wait, days. But, so that's the reason why she ran away? No, they haven't run away yet. Um, oh. she, you know, they go. She goes. she goes back to the daggers with her sister. And kind of explains what happens, but kind of leaves out a few key key points. Uh, she doesn't admit that she's killed the other guy. So they don't know where this guy's at now. And I think they eventually find his body, but they don't know that she killed him. And the dagger's plans to take the throne have been kind of circumvented because Taryn ends up killing the king himself. Yeah. So the dagger's plan... That's, I knew that. Alright, so the dagger's plan was to kill the king and take the throne. But Taryn winds up killing the king himself, which um, means the queen is kind of like the singular ruler now of Kenetra, and so like she said, they, they kind of set forth this plan to uh, get rid of all the Malfettos, and there's like this chaos in the city. And amidst that chaos... Like you said, um, the daggers try to make their move, but Taryn then reveals that he has captured Raphael. He was able to use, so she didn't. Adelina, know. Adelina never told Taryn that Raphael was an elite and that he was a part of the Dagger Society. But the little bit of information that he gave, she gave Taryn, he what was able to do. Well, I mean, uh, I just the fact that she was a consort and. He was a consort. And he was like the, the main consort. And so uh, Adelina had been hiding out at the the court where he was a consort. And so he kind of deduces that because she's been she's been there and she says, what is she? She says something like, sometimes the, the daggers meet there. Mm-hmm. And so he uses, Taryn uses that little bit of information to deduce that, oh, Raphael must be an elite. And so he captures Raphael. And she didn't even know that. She didn't know that. But once Taryn reveals that he's captured Raphael, then all the other daggers kind of stop what they're doing. And Enzo ends up challenging Taryn to a duel, basically to the death, for Raphael's life. The daggers try to concoct a plan where they're, that they would be able to get Taryn, you know, they'd be able to save Raphael and, and Enzo. And hopefully Enzo would kill Taryn. But that whole plan, like, it doesn't work out as they expected, as they wanted to. Um, Adelina, who had been using her illusions to help Enzo fight against Taryn, accidentally attacks Enzo. How? Because she had disguised Enzo. She had made him look like Taryn. She had used an illusion to make him look like Taryn. And she didn't know which one was which because she had gotten wounded. Oh. She didn't know which one was which. And so she accidentally attacked Enzo instead of Taryn because they they both looked the same. And that gave Taryn an opening and he was able to kill Enzo. Mm. They were able to save Raphael, but Enzo ends up dying. You told me that, that Enzo ended yeah. up dying. And so that's kind of the end of the book. The daggers kind of go and lick their wounds. Um, Raphael discovers, you know, kind of gets all of the information finally out from 
Adelina about what had been going on. What had she told Taryn? You know, all this information about her sister and all that. Did, um, does Violetta end up becoming an elite? Well, she is an elite, but she doesn't become a dagger. Why not? Because after all of this information is out, Raphael kind of becomes, and with Enzo's death, Raphael becomes the de facto leader of the daggers. And he um, kicks Adelina out because he, she had betrayed him. Yeah. So he kicks Adelina out, of course, and then Adelina and Violetta go on the run, as you as you hoped that they would, but for different reasons because than you they hoped got that it. they would. Um, and I actually, because sometimes I read from the end to the beginning sometimes, and so I like to read the end pages before I actually read the first pages, and I remember that um, Violetta actually, like, takes Adelina's powers back, and then, um, or was that, like, a fantasy dream that she had? And then she was begging Adelina, she was begging Violetta to give back her powers? It wasn't a dream. I think after Adelina learns that Violetta has powers, because they learn, the, the way she finds out is that she's Trying to save trying to save Violetta from Taryn, and they're all in a room together, and she's trying to make Taryn suffer in the same way that she did to the other dagger, right? She was able to kill the other dagger by hitting him with the illusions of pain and stuff like that. And he's trying she's trying to do the same thing to Taryn. But Taryn's powerful and he fights back and he becomes too powerful. Uh, more powerful than Adelina and Adelina can't her she's not strong enough at this point to overcome Taryn until Violetta takes away Taryn's power and then she's finally able to hit him that stops him and then they escape and so after they've escaped and in the moment Adelina didn't know what stops Taryn but she figures out it must have been Violetta because the only one right she was the only other person there. And so she figures out that Violetta has powers and asks Violetta about them. And Violetta finally comes clean and tells her story. What and is then, her story? Well, about how she discovered she had powers when she had powers when they were both very young. How she how she knew that during the entire time she was actually withholding Adelina's power. <gasps> when they were going. That's the reason why Adelina did, never showed any abilities at all growing up is because Violetta was holding them back the entire uh, time. That makes so much yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I said Adelina has a right to be pretty upset with her sister at this point, right? And so they, she asks Violetta to show her the power. And so now that Adelina is aware of her own power and how her own power exists within her when Violetta takes it away she feels like this emptiness and that's the part that you read uh, she was just demonstrating her power for for Adelina she wasn't anything and then she gave back her power Wait, yeah, but I remember she said I can help you I can help you get rid of this power or I can help you with this and then she kept begging her no yeah, I think Violetta feels that it would be better for Adelina not to have powers, especially because it seems uh, Adelina starts showing that she may not be able to control her power, right? And Violetta's aware of that. I mean, there's two occasions now in this book where Adelina wasn't able to control her powers and it resulted in someone's death. Was... Her father. And then Dante. We haven't mentioned his name, but Dante is the dagger that she wind up killing. So because of that, I think Violetta senses that Adelina might not be able to control her powers. And so she offers to, you know, keep them down. And Violetta, uh, Adelina is at this point who she enjoys having her power. She she actually relishes them and she, she doesn't want her to, to take them away from her. Oh, that's what I read. Yeah. So that's the book. That's how it ends. The, the entire saga is finished over the final two books. Um it's we a, will not be finishing it. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it, again, it's not the when you you learn that this book is actually about the rise of a villain. Like Adelina is not a hero. 
And so once you understand that, you understand why this book doesn't have a happy ending. Wait, but why is not a hero? Because she has she has she has no desire to save other people. No. She she's she, not she wants to help Malfetto's political equality. She wants Malfetto's to get justice, but she's not opposed to hurting other people to get as we've seen, even though you may call them accidents, she has killed two people, and heroes typically don't kill others. Yes, they do. They can kill others. They well to help people. Well, they well, kill others to help. Well, in, in this, these situations, though, Adelina has killed to only help herself. So, it's it's laying the foundations for Adelina becoming a villain, not a hero. That's why it's a dark book, and it gets even. The next book gets even darker. Yeah, because you said that she ends up killing and taking the throne for herself. Right. So that's a longer discussion for another time. But uh, yeah, it, we'll not be reading that. Sorry. <laughs> I've had a I had a good time reading the book, though. I know you didn't enjoy it as much, but I hope you still were able to kind of gain something from it. Yeah. Um, that sometimes people who you think might actually be heroes are not all right so do you have any other thoughts well mine is kind of very confusing because i was like this book is very hard to read like i kept trying to push and push and push so that i could read this for you i just couldn't finish it yeah it's like it as we said it's not a happy book if you're not into the subtleties of like character development and villainy not not even villainy like this book like i said is more about character development you have to appreciate how things can lead to kind of the growth of i mean adelina didn't start off as a bad person no Taryn maybe kind of started off as a bad person, but Adelina doesn't start off as a bad person. She's she's met with abuse and um, un, she's not accepted. All she wants to do is to be accepted. Uh, she gets betrayed. She feels like maybe betrayed by her sister. She's misunderstood. Like all of these things and and how that how a certain person might react. And most of the stories that we read people respond positively positively to adversity but not everybody's like that and that this book explores the other side of it so it's i think it's good it, it does so in a good way and it's it's um it, it's not easy to read it's not happy but it 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 should it's not supposed to be it's supposed to give you the other side the other side of the coin that we don't often explore in books like these anything else um, I feel like I would actually recommend to people because, well, to more adults, because for me, this was really hard for me to read. Yeah. And I feel like it may be I'm a little younger and I'm not used to books like these. Yeah, I can't say I've read a book like this either where um, you're in the head of a person who's going through the things that Adelina goes through. I, I can't say I've read anything like that before, even books that are aimed at an adult audience so this was different for me too but like for people who are more open to darker books and heavy books like this Mm -hmm. this would be a book for you yeah i would agree i would also also say that um you probably want to wait until eighth grade or high school you know this book I'm going into seventh grade, so this might be yeah. a little early. A little and you said that it was a little too old for me at the beginning of the book. Yeah. And when I asked you what a brothel was, you're like, this is what I need this for you. So maybe if I come back and read it again when I'm older, finish for me to read. Yeah, maybe. But right now, no. So what do we got coming up next then? The Lions of Little Rock by Kristen Levi. I don't know, but... I actually am reading this for my summer and so far what I've read is very interesting and pretty good. 
Okay. Well, I haven't read much. So we'll definitely finish this book. Because I have to. <laughs> this is for the summer reading. So The Lions of Little Rock by Christine Levine. And we'll come back in a couple weeks. Um, hopefully. No, it's Kristen, not Kristen. Oh, excuse no me. E. Kristen. Oh, there's an E at the end of her last name, but not at the end of her first name. Kristen with a K. Levine. Or Levine. I don't know how to say her <laughs> last name. Um, so go ahead, go out to your local library or bookstore, get a copy of that book so that you can join our discussion next time on the Father Daughter Book Club. Ding, 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 